throughout this Lenten season and the readings, it's always important to remember what's happening. The Old Testament is telling the story of salvation history, whereas the gospel passages are kind of Jesus's you know, journey towards Jerusalem. Of course, we'll see this at the end with, with Passion Sunday, uh, Palm Sunday, where Jesus triumphant entry into Jerusalem all the way uh, to the cross. So it's just important to keep that in mind as we're, as we're doing these readings. They don't always correlate with one another, whereas in the ordinary time, uh, the Old Testament passage will co- correlate with, with the gospel. But of course, our readings today our first reading from, from Genesis, and our, our gospel account, which is always the second Sunday of Lent of the Transfiguration, are very common stories. We, we, we know these stories. We know the story of the Transfiguration. It's a beautiful, beautiful realization of, of who is Jesus. Well, God even tells us, right, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. You know, we made reference to this last week as well, where I referenced the, the baptism, once again, God and the Holy Spirit descending down upon him. And so it's a beautiful realization of, of who Jesus is. We could take it for granted because we're so used to it. Yeah, Jesus is God. Yes, Jesus is the Savior. But it's so profound. Jesus is the Savior. And that salvation history in the Old Testament all leads to who? It leads to him and his saving action that he truly wants to be there for us. We hear about in our second reading from Romans. He did not spare his own son, but handed him over for us all. How will he not also give us everything else along with him? Hearing, of course, of giving his only son, we can go back to the the first reading today from Genesis and the story of Abraham and Isaac. If you look in the Bible, maybe one of the headlines it's going to say there is uh, the uh, test of Abraham. God test Abraham. But we know it's not the first time that Abraham is tested by God. Throughout his whole life, he's being put to the test but this is the ultimate test. But who is Abraham, by the way? Well, we can go back and look at his name because his name originally was not Abraham. His name originally was Abram. Now, Abram, what does that mean? It means that he is the exalted father. But in Genesis 17, God renames him. And we always know when there's a renaming, just like with Peter, right? Uh, that he was renamed to, to Peter. Uh, and we know that with Saul to Paul, whenever there's a renaming, something major is happening. And so God says, you'll be Abraham. What does Abraham mean? Abraham means a father of a multitude. Father of a multitude. But there's only one problem. Abraham has no children. How can he be a father of a multitude? More descendants than the stars of the sky than the sand on the seashore if he doesn't even have an heir. Of course, he waits. Him and Sarah wait and wait and wait. Once again, Abraham 
is put to the test. And then eventually, miraculously, Sarah conceives and bears a child, Isaac. And you can imagine the great joy that they had, the great excitement that they had. And now they're weaning Isaac off. He's now becoming a young man, a a boy, but growing up. And God puts Abraham to the test again. And this is where we encounter it today in our reading. Abraham, God calls out. And he says, here I am. And then God asks something of him which is truly, truly remarkable. Because it's the only time in the Bible, the only time in, in our religion, Jewish and Christian, that this is asked. God says to Abraham, take your son Isaac, your only one whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. There you shall offer him up as a holocaust on a height that I will point out for you. This is the only time that God asks for a human sacrifice. You know, in other religions, this is actually a common occurrence. If we studied world religions, we studied uh, the the history of of religions, we we see that this happens often. But for for the Israelites, for the Jewish people, for the Christian people, this is the only time that God asks for this human holocaust, we could say. He's put to the test. And you can imagine how that made Abraham feel. But he knows that the Lord has always been there for him. And so they set off. And where do they go to, by the way? What what happened? Well, we missed part of this in the lecture, so I want to go back to the scripture passage of this. Once again, it's Genesis uh, 22, and we're going to start on verse, uh, actually, 7. Actually, back to verse 6. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took his hand, the fire, and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. When they came to the place which God had told them, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Imagine as a parent what you'd be feeling, even what you're feeling right now in the, in the pews, to, to imagine that this was something that Abraham was going forward with. Then Abraham put forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only begotten son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. We know this story. 
and we know exactly, we probably make some connections already of who that burnt offering was going to be, who that sacrifice that the Lord is going to provide is, is. We know, well, that's Jesus. And how do we see this? Well, let's go through a couple things real quick. Number one, we see Isaac as the only son. Jesus, the only begotten son. So we see that connection. We see Isaac carrying up the wood for the sacrifice. Jesus carrying up the wood for the sacrifice of himself on the cross. We see as well that when the ram is caught in the thickets, what does a ram represent? A ram actually represents kind of a kingly presence, a king over even the lambs and the goats. And now his horns are caught in the thicket. And we see the thicket of what? Thicket of thorns. And we see Jesus crowned with thorns. But I think even more important here is to see where the sacrifice was happening. You see, it was happening on the land, on the Mount of Moriah. Well, where is Moriah? Let's go and figure this out. It's always good to go to scriptures. Second Chronicles chapter 3, verse 1. Then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah. See, Moriah is in, is Jerusalem. And so when we see Isaac and Abraham climbing up this mountain, they're climbing up where? You could say they're climbing all the way up even to Golgotha. They're climbing up to the place the skull. They're climbing up to where Jesus himself was sacrificed. How amazing is this? That when, God, when Abraham even says, the Lord will provide the lamb, we could see who the lamb is. The lamb is Jesus Christ given up for us. And why? Because what is the effects of this sacrifice? Not the effects of Isaac's sacrifice. Praise God, he was not sacrificed. But what are the effects of Jesus' sacrifice? Once again, Old Testament, salvation history awaiting the Savior. You see, when Jesus was offered as a sacrifice, who was he offered for? He was offered for us. And why? so that all the families of the earth might be blessed by him. It's again Abraham's name, a multitude, a father of a multitude. God wants to be the father of us all. And he wants to bless all of us. You see, Jesus' sacrifice was not only for the Israelites. It was not only for the line from Abraham. It was for the whole world. Why? Because he truly wants to give himself to us and to be our Father. Greater than the stars in the sky, the sand on the seashore, 
He wants all of us, and because of this, he sacrificed his only begotten son, this ultimate sacrifice, this unblemished lamb, so that we could be with him and he can be with us, that he can be with you. This is what God desires to be with you, to take care of you, to be your father, doing anything that you need. Why? Because he loves us. And we see this love and this sacrifice, him desiring to be a father to us all.